Now that I have coffee, I am ready to watch Radar. To what? To what? Oh God, you're such a millennial. <laughs> Jesus, you've never watched baseball. Oh, shame on you! It's been forever. It's been forever shame since I've watched, and I never even like registered most of the movie in, in my memory. Now that I have coffee, I'm ready to watch Radar. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? Jaime Rivera is back on the show, and he has many, many, many thoughts, especially on the iPad Pro 12.9, which is like the bulk of the beginning of this episode. After that, though, we do react to the news that OnePlus is now officially a part of Oppo, even though everyone's kind of giving them the side eye, like, we kind of knew this was happening all along. And then finally, uh, at Jaime's, uh, uh, he remembered that we should be reacting to the leaks of Windows 11 and reacting to the things that we were able to see of the new interface, the new operating system from Microsoft. Um, they might be a little bit weird, but we have some fun talking through it. In any case, we're going to get into this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Welcome if you are new to the show and thank you for hanging out with us on this episode. Here we go. Enjoy. I just had the most amazing soup. You're gonna have to go to my Instagram story to see that. I think I did see it. You you did the whole um, how it started and how it's going. Uh, how it's going. <laughs> so um, there's a place here in Honduras called Sambo Creek, and it's um, originally when when uh, back you know this was back at the time of slavery. Um, one thing that a lot of a lot of slaves did at the time was flee from. The dominion that they had in you know back then was the dominican republic which was the original name of the island was hispaniola um and so they fled there by boat and they ended up finding this coast and so it's a beautiful place because it's been a place where uh, at the time slaves black people were able to be free mm. nobody bothered them until this day like that settlement has been there for uh, 400 years 500 years and till this day they have no hotels um, but they're very famous for their restaurants and their cuisine and it's just um, like their their uh, seafood soup is just it's undescribable what i tell people is listen just get on a plane and i'll like you won't be able to have this originality in any restaurant anywhere i don't think i've ever heard you talk uh this um jovially about soup that wasn't ramen I know you have no idea where I'm from from here like soup is everything but the beautiful thing there is again this place called either Sambo Creek or Corozal um it's for the locals only hmm. they you know they'll allow people to come in and obviously they sell their food obviously they sell their drinks their native drinks but everything is craft everything is is homemade it's very interesting for example there men do the cooking Mm. A lot more than women. Women do more baking mm. uh, than cooking, and you know, from that to their music, it's it's amazing. Every time I'm there, nice. and so yeah, that's where I was. And the interesting part is that restaurant that I was at is owned by one of my good friends from high school. Mm. Uh, he's owned that like his parents. They bought the restaurant when they moved there, um, and uh, they've. They've literally, they've kept the restaurant. It was interesting to ask the waiter, hey, is, is Charles still the owner of this place? And they're like, yep, and we're happy they still are. Nice. You know, after the pandemic, I'm just, I'm happy these places are still alive, dude. Yeah, 100%. I'm happy these places are still alive. 
Well, I mean, from my neck of the woods so far, things are starting to uh, open up a little bit more. California is starting to- You've got a no mask mandate now. We do. I finally worked out. I lifted earlier today without a mask on it. It it felt like a transformative experience. It felt surreal. (laughs) Dude, uh, you know, I'm going to sound so bougie in first world. I pay for an hour, an hour and a half at the gym exclusive. Oh, just you there? Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing is the owner of the gym is a friend of mine. Yeah. And so if you go there like before noon, there's nobody really. And so he just makes sure that at the time, like he like he will ask me, like, can other people join? And if I know the person, then it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like and I know everybody here. So but yeah, during the pandemic, when it was like full closure, he was not allowed to open the gym. And so I was one of the people he reached out to and he's like, dude, we've been friends for, you know, for so many years, we're going to do this, but it's on the down low. Nobody can know about it. You can't post on social media, but if you're willing to, you, I'll, you know, I'll open my garage, you bring your car in and the gym is yours. Nice. (laughs) And so we've had that arrangement since the pandemic began. That's a really good arrangement. Like, oh yeah, no, no complaints whatsoever. The other day I went in. Uh, just a tiny anecdote. The other day I went in, ready to go, earphones in, all that stuff. And I, I realized something. If I'm going to wait for a squat rack to open up, I might as well be working in that amount of time. So right. at that point, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll just come back in the morning. Here's the problem, dude. I can't work out with a mask. Like with the way I, I pump, it's just it was too difficult. And so for me, that arrangement was great because, it, you know, if the gym was a specific cost, he would make an extra 20 bucks pretty mm-hmm. much in dollars a month. Um, just to give me the exclusivity. And so for me, it was, that was the beautiful thing. And it was, you know, full of Clorox wipes and anything you wanted. And there, you know, and the only arrangement was put everything back in the racks. You clean what you touch. Yes. Absolutely. And that was the arrangement. And I love that. Like it's worked out fine for me. Yeah. So thankfully far. people are like, for the most part, adhering to those guidelines and whatnot. Here's a question as I segue into our tech talk here. Uh, yeah. What's in or around your ears during your workouts these days? Uh, Jabra Elite 75Ts. Okay, so you have not... Elite Active 75Ts. Yes, 75, the 75Ts, definitely a favorite. So yeah. you you have yet to put these bad boys in your ears yet, huh? No, uh, for some reason, I still don't have them. Well, uh-huh. I'm not in New York, so yeah, uh, that's one reason. But um, here's... Talking the of the uh, Sony WF-1000X Mark IVs, by the yes. way. Yes, yeah, uh, and I can't wait to hear about them. Hear about them, uh, <laughs> pun intended. My my puns on the daily lately are terrible, thanks to Diego. Um, but uh, okay, so the reason why I use Jabra is like we've awarded Jabra, and it's so interesting that I started using Jabra way before we started having a PR relationship with them. Yeah, and so like I have like a very close relationship with their PR, and yet this is one of those products that has nothing to do with PR when it comes to me recommending them. It's a simple, simple, basic thing. I sweat more than the average human. And I seriously feel that I should go get checked over why I do. Like I, if I run a 10K by mile number five, my feet are drenched in sweat. Oh, your feet. If I'm here in Honduras, yes. Because okay. of the, the amount of humidity. Sure. Like I, I can't wear the usual, uh, you know, I can't wear cotton when I work out. I have to wear full, and, and even so, I have to wear specific wick-free uh, running shirts just because there comes a point where the shirt becomes too heavy mm. and I have yeah. to take it off and squirt it. And so 
because of that, I can't wear just any pair of earbuds. Mm. I have the problem where I, the only earbuds that survive my amount of sweat are the active lineup from Jabra. And the reason why is because they're not just IP rated, they're also sweat resistant. Yes. Which is a very different thing. Salt is very different to regular water. Mm -hmm. That's very true. So actually, you know what? I can give you probably that that right there is already me recommending probably you shouldn't be using these Sonys because they're only IPX4. Right. Not enough. Right. Well, most most are just IPX something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's one of the things where I'm like, listen, you know, for people that are like, what earbuds should I wear? And I'm like, oh, God, I, I'm going to sound like a cop out, but I'm not. I just Jabra even they're over the ear because they're 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 a partner company with resound like they're owned by one of the most famous hearing aid companies in europe mm -hmm. yeah. jabra is not just about giving you wireless true wireless earbuds like their audio quality is freaking amazing mm -hmm. if anything in the case of the elites like the 85s have solved it but like the 75s are just too bassy just you really want to regulate like it sounds like a rumble as you're running and they fixed it in the firmware but i remember that when people reviewed them originally it was like rumble but that's the thing like you buy a pair of jabras you get three years i think it's three years or two years of warranty mm -hmm. replacements like no questions asked yeah so if you break them you can easily replace them with their warranty and you got to give them credit because with the 75t a firmware update added a and c Yes. That's unheard of. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I and I love their PR. Like when, you know, when the AirPods Pro came out, he's like, uh, his name is Klaus. He's like, What what exactly do you like about them compared to what we do? And I'm like, just their ambient sound. Mm -hmm. It's that. It's a good one. And he's like, Yes, but we like they've had ambient sound forever. And I'm like, Yes, the difference is I can tell that it's a microphone being open. Whereas on the elites, you can like in the case of the AirPods, you can't tell that it's a microphone. Mm -hmm. On the on the elites, you can accept the 85s. If you get the new 85Ts, it's like wearing a pair of AirPods Pro with better sound. Oh, okay. I like better that sound, better battery life. Like I love Jabra, and their fit is so much better. Uh, it's just that, like, if you're really, if you like, if you're an ultra whatever. Uh, you, if you want like crazy battery life, if you want great sound quality and you want, you know, touch, con not touch controls, but you want physical controls, which it, the biggest problem with Samsung earbuds, you know, I have no problem with them, but like, because of how much I sweat, they usually start slipping off. Mm -hmm. And so I need to accommodate them every now and then. And I press a control and I skip the damn track. And I was like, I was in the middle of my. I was in the middle of my best part of my damn run, man. <laughs> that is, you, you, you are very much like dissecting the parts of these Sony's that you probably would not love. Because I actually had that same exact experience earlier when I was bench pressing, and one, it wasn't slipping out, but I just wanted to adjust it, and then yeah. I ended and then up you press the everything. capacitive controls, and it's like God, like no. Yeah, this is one of the this is one of the reasons why I like that Apple on the Pro uses. Uh, you know physical controls Jabra has been doing physical controls since day one and they're not moving away from that mm -hmm. uh, AirPods Max that's what they use um, I have no problems with capacitive controls on over the ears because like you don't really need to touch the capacitive layer to accommodate them or to adjust them but in the case of of 
you know, earbuds. It's just too complicated. Yeah. You brought up Apple, and now I want to make sure, because I remember last week after WWDC, it's not already been two weeks since WWDC, right? It's only been one week, one and some change. I think so. Yeah. So there it is. Um, you said you had a lot of thoughts on the iPad. Um, so here's here's how we're going to do this. I want you to go <laughs> at length, because I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. But also, this oh is going to be me either getting convinced to or not to buy the 11-inch M1 iPad. Part what of me is thinking do you about have? it. I don't have any. That's the thing. Okay, then buy the iPad Air. The Air. Is mm-hmm. there an Air with an M1? Mm. Tell me why you would want it with an M1. Because it's the ah. just because it's the new hotness. <laughs> yes. The, the, okay. So this is like me telling you, um, go buy a Tesla Road. Now, hold on. Yeah, go buy a Tesla Roadster to drive within New York City. Mm. Hmm. Okay. You've got a car that can go zero to sixty at two seconds. And yet you live in a city with the worst speed limit in history. Yeah. Like 55, you morons. 50 sometimes. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. And all the traffic. All the traffic. Plus, because of the weather, like the roads, they don't last. Like every year they have to be redoing the roads just Mm. because of of all the crazy weather in New York. And so you've got all this potential in a vehicle that you can't use. And But the problem is, you can't use it by design. Um, I, you know, I think honestly that the whole this is like the time when they brought um, Force Touch on iPhones, mm-hmm. and you know, or when they brought sixty-four bit chips to iPhones with the iPhone five S. You can really tell, like they made a big deal about that sixty-four bit chip, and you could not tell, and it was really just Apple. Like if you grabbed an iPhone 5 and an iPhone 5S, you could not tell the difference. And, you know, they made a big deal out of it, but it was all potential. It was all part of a roadmap that you can't tap into yet. Hmm. And so we go back. Why would you want that M1? You have a chip that has eight gigs of RAM, and yet you it's run in an operating system that only can only use four by design. And so this is like the speed limit in New York City where <laughs> You know, it doesn't really matter how fast your car is. You still won't be able to use it. And it's by like the speed limit is by design because of the how the the nature of the roads and just to keep people safe. I get the reason why I'm just being a moron as well. But would, but uh, would there not be potential, though? Like, is this not something that you could future proof and then one day the M1 course, unlocks? But guess what? But guess when that potential is going to be tapped into? I have no idea. The next WWDC, because uh. right now you just got iPad OS 15 and none of that potential is being utilized. Mm. Like unless Apple surprises us at end of at the end of the year, which I doubt. And they're like, we're launching the new pro apps because what makes a product a pro? Let's just be real. I have the first generation iPad pro, the 12.9 massive television that it was. I still have it there. It still works. You know what the funny part is? That that tablet has the same amount of RAM that can be, like, it has the maximum amount of RAM that can be tapped into by the operating system. Hmm. So if I grab that 12.9-inch first-generation iPad Pro and I put it next to this one, they perform almost the same. Hmm. And so what made the iPad Pro Pro at the time? It was the Apple Pencil. They, there's nothing that a regular iPad can do 
uh, sorry, there's nothing that an iPad Pro can do that a regular iPad can't do. Mm -hmm. And the launch of apps is just a millisecond difference. Like it's not noticeable. I would rather go for like the base cheap version of the iPad and just max it out in storage and everything. And you still wouldn't amount to how much an iPad Pro costs or do what I do, buy an iPad Air. It's got, okay. And so first thing again, why do you want it? You want it because of the M1. Yeah. Like you want it because of the potential. Yes. But we're YouTubers, dude. By next year, you're going to have to buy the uh, the other iPad Pro anyways to review it. So it's pointless to buy this thing. I agree. It, I agree with that. Okay. And so the other thing that makes this product special, which you won't be able to tap into with the 11 inch is the, the mini LED display. And so, oh yeah, it's not on the 11. Yeah, it's not on the 11 inch. And so you can only get Crap. it on the 12.9, which is the reason why I got the 12.9. And oh my God, like I really, I, like I've been like redoing the introduction of the script repeatedly on this review because I'm like, how do I make this review without totally bashing this thing? If you read an ebook in dark mode, like the whole, like what's the purpose of the mini LED display? if not to provide better zone dimming. Yeah. That's the whole purpose. Like you want more min more LEDs for you to be able to turn off certain elements of the LED. But it's as if the software was not yet designed to take advantage of the hardware. And so if you're watching Disney Plus for example and you get that like Disney logo in the corner, that Disney logo gets a bloom all around it. Oh, it blooms. It blooms all around it. And so if you like if I grab my iPad Air right now, if I grab my 12.9 inch first generation iPad Pro, video looks better on it or anything that uses dark mode looks better on it than on this 12.9 inch M1. Wow, that's weird. Like you would never and think that an iPad would have blooming issues. Right. And so there's there's only one thing about this display that's like, oh God, it's so uh, it's so good. Like I remember when we got uh, iPhone. What was it? The 11 Pro. Mm -hmm. When the 11 Pro launched, that was like the first time that they went they went all in on on boosting contrast ratio. And so, if you grab any Oppo phone, you'll know it because Oppo phones are like a five million to one contrast ratio. They're best in class, even better than Galaxy displays. And so, like when you look at the text, it looks so crisp. It's it's and then when you look at HDR content, it's like insane. Okay. If you play anything in HDR on that M1 iPad Pro, yes, you're blown away. You're like, whoa. But and and it it's so I think that the effect is like looking at an iPhone's OLED. That's what it looks like. Mm. But then it's not like if the liquid retina wasn't tuned so well to make it almost the same. And so you ask yourself, like if if they went through all the hassle to make this iPad almost OLED, why not just make the damn thing OLED? Like, mm. I mean, they've already been tinkering with OLED. Samsung has been doing OLED tablets forever and they charge pretty much the same money. Like, I would have called that pro. We're talking already 2 million to 1 contrast ratio if they get the good quality panels, which, you know, Apple, they will. But I just, give me another reason. Like, give me a reason why this product is a pro. If there are no pro apps, if the apps that run on this thing run on the cheapest iPad, there is no reason for it to exist. Mm -hmm. Like even if the Apple Pencil works, like and I was, you know, I was I was going through like the history of the iPad Pro with with the script, and I was like, 
all right, so when this product launched, I watched the whole keynote again. And it was interesting. You see Phil Schiller doing the presentation of that first iPad Pro. And the only argument and its only claim to fame when it was everything is bigger. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> so what? Like, everything is bigger and everything is bigger and everything looks better, but it, it didn't look bad on the previous iPad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it, the, there was no everything is bigger. There was no point for its existence. And so you got that problem. Uh, but then obviously they announce Apple Pencil and that's the aha moment. It's like, oh, and then, dude, you can grab any cartoonist. You can grab most professionals and they will tell you that it's not quite Wacom, you know, Wacom digitizer mm -hmm. quality, you know, like the professional thing that you connect to a Mac. No, but it's close. Yeah. It's so like, and so we go back. Like, if you want to, if you've ever seen a Wacom tablet, there are there's like a Wacom version that runs over Windows, and that thing is like massive. That thing, and so obviously for any professional, if you make them choose between that massive Windows computer and an iPad Pro, they will choose the iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. And so it is a professional product for them. But you know what the problem is? The problem is when they then make that Apple Pencil be supported by every other tablet. And so I'm like, why did they do this? Like, I get it, and it's great. And if you buy the cheap from the cheapest to the most expensive iPad, you, you're covered with the Apple Pencil, but then it completely drops the whole purpose of it being a pro unless they, unless this iPad could do things that others can't. Technically, it can. Technically, you've got the chip of a laptop on it. But what's the point if you've got a speed limit with the operating system? Mm. So have what there is really, the point? Have there really been no experiences with the 12.9 thus far that you've... No. Really? No. Nothing no. different? No. Mm. I And, you know, I, I, I even tweeted the other day when I was like, you know, I think I get what this product is for. This product is not designed to be a companion. And... For me, iPads have always been companions. Like I, you know, I just graduated, uh, you know, from, from, I just finished uh, certain college credits that I had for career. And one of them, I remember I was doing uh, a class in economics and a class of statistics. And dude, for me, using one, Microsoft OneNote and turning that into like a notepad with the Apple Pencil, like my teacher was like, how the heck do you do that? Because for me, I use my iPad like a digital notepad. Yeah, uh, that's what it's for. You uh, it's you script always, on it. You script the daily I on it. I script on it. I will doodle on it. I will write all over it. Um, I've seen this, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, I've seen this in action. Yes, the iPad Pro twelve point nine is not designed to be a companion. Like the iPad Mini, regular iPad, iPad Air eleven, like even the eleven inch iPad Pro, they're they're companion devices. Hmm. Like. Their screen is large enough for you to do most things, but it's not really a computer replacement where the iPad Pro 12.9, that's what it intends to do. It doesn't even fit well in a bag with your computer because it's so massive mm -hmm. and it's so heavy. And so you ask yourself, okay, and so like how every single time that I do a review, I guess my my most important question and probably the reason why it takes me so much time to write a script is because for me it's always like what is this product trying to do yeah totally. who is it for 
And then, okay, if you tell me that this product is designed to replace your computer and you look at Apple's advertisement and that's everything that they say, you know, that, uh, you know, what's a computer and uh, everything, that whole approach to advertisement. Okay, cool. I'm going to treat it like a computer. Let's try to use it as my sole computer. And I've been trying to do it. And oh my God, like here, this is like the perfect Apple product. This is the perfect the perfect exemplification of what Apple stands for. Apple is the king of incomplete products. The king. If you buy, for example, if you buy, um, let me give you an example. You buy an iPhone, you need a case for it. Like it's designed to be a beautiful thing of product that you can break. The AirTags, you can't, you can buy them, but you need cases for them. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think of another product. Um, well, um, Dongle Life, that's like Dongle Life yeah. on the Mac. You mm-hmm. buy a Mac, but you need dongles. And so it's like if they make so much profit out of these accessories that it's insane. Okay. So the biggest problem with this iPad Pro is it's so massive that you really, it, like, it's, it's calling for a keyboard. It's calling on you. And I find it funny when you see Apple in their advertisement and you see just people with their iPads on their laps. And so I did the experiment. I went to the coffee shop the other day just with the iPad Pro, but then I brought the magic keyboard and I left it in the car. Uh, And I was like, I'm going to try to do it. Okay. And so I tried to just use it like that. Just put it on the table and just type on it and look at my script. And dude, I'm like, listen, you guys could be as environmental as you want, but you realize what kind of a neck pain like this whole concept of using a tablet like this is. And so it's calling for a keyboard. And Mm -hmm. so here's the problem. Once you use a keyboard, you're talking about an $1,100 product that requires a keyboard that'll cost you no less than an extra hundred bucks. Unless you go for Apple's Magic Keyboard, or I would recommend the Bridge one a lot more. But then you get two problems. You already have a large and heavy product that you're going to make larger and heavier and more expensive. And so once you do the math of at the iPad Pro in its cheapest form, 128 gigs, with Apple Pencil 2, with the Magic Keyboard from Apple, just because let's assume you're going to play the whole game in Apple, dude, you're talking 1600 bucks, at And you're talking size and weight that goes beyond a MacBook Air. Hmm. And so I need like, is the touchscreen so good that you like, is that usage of just carrying one device that has Apple pencil support? Is that enough to warrant you to have to pay $1,600 to get less of an experience and have the storage than a MacBook air? Because a MacBook air at 999 will give you 256 gigs of storage and actually can use that chip that it's bringing. Yeah, totally. And I'm using a, I'm using a, an M1 MacBook Pro right now, dude. Like, Same. And I don't even have it connected to the wall. Like, I, I, I disconnected it this morning, and I'm right now at 84% battery. Still and doing that's well. that's all I've spent. I think that's where a lot of people were, because there were so many reactions on Twitter as uh, WWDC was, was popping off. And were you a part of the big group that was hoping that the iPad Pro or iPad OS was going to get these enhancements that would take advantage of the M1? So here's the thing. I a lot of people. I like how Marquez tweeted the other day, where he was like, "I don't want Mac OS on my iPad." Okay, I don't either. Hmm. I really don't care about Mac OS on the iPad. It would be cool if yeah. you got the the Samsung Dex experience, where 
you, you if you get that like there if they did this i would be like shoot and craig stop listening to our podcast because if you're if this is my idea i'm going to take credit for it you know how i would pay those 1600 bucks hmm. it, it i could care less about that magic keyboard i've never owned it because i find it to be too clunky and too heavy and too big and i i care about portability but dude if they told me that the moment that i snapped that thing the operating system turns into mac os yeah Oh my, which is what Samsung tablets do. Like, exactly. Uh, like the other day, I'm trying to remember who I was talking to. I'm like, see, this is what pisses me off that Samsung tablets are so underrated or Android tablets in general, because, oh my God, like Samsung tablets. I used to love that about the Tab S4. I still use it where, you know, you unsnap it from the keyboard and it's a tablet. It's got everything in tablet array, but then you snap it into the keyboard and boom, Dex launches and it turns into like a desktop. And so, dude, if it turned into Mac OS, when connected to that magic keyboard, I would ship that thing from Kimbak too if I have to. <laughs> but, but the problem is it doesn't, yep. one. But honestly, I don't care. Like, I'm perfectly fine with iPad OS as it is, especially now that you're going to get widgets playing on it. Mm -hmm. My problem is when you tell me that you have a pro tablet that does nothing better than the cheapest ones, you're charging me for it. And like, there's no better experience. Like, dude, if you export a video on LumaFusion on the basic iPad with the A10 or the A12 Bionic, I think it is that it has, mm -hmm. or the, yeah, the A12, I think it is. And then you export with the M1, dude, there's almost no difference. I love that Dieter even did the test mm -hmm. where he grabbed last year's iPad Pro with the A12Z. And he compared it to this M1. He did an export, and it exported in the same amount of time. Mm. Well, because that's the way it's coded, right? Like it, it's just, it's not taking advantage of it the way that some like Final Cut. I remember that was the right. other tweet. Also, everyone wanted Final Cut on the iPad. And so it's it's listen. I just why why not make it like right now? Final Cut just got a major update that I have not applied. I'm about to the moment we finish this podcast. Sure. And I like if they tomorrow, the moment that they tell me that at least Final Cut in its true form, M1 optimized, runs on iPad Pro, I am going to shut the F up. If they tell me that we can get real Photoshop, not the iPad version, real Photoshop, and let's continue talking Pro, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. If they tell me that they're going to give me real Microsoft Excel, not the iPad version, which is better than the Android version, like miles better than the Android version, but still not desktop quality Excel where I can build real macros and real pivot charts. Mm. The whole nine yards of only people that know how to handle Excel, the things that you can do. If you tell me that that, like I can access those apps, that I can pick my poison, that I can go into the into the iPad app store and I'm going to get Mac OS apps and I... Just leave me in my own drama. You're already giving me, uh, uh, you know, the trackpad functionality. Mm -hmm. You're already giving me better keyboard functionality. Just let me get my damn apps. That is all I want. We have been able to run iPhone applications on iPads since the first day the iPad was launched. Why can't you let me use my Mac OS apps on my iPad? And then I would be like, oh, shoot. If you allowed me to run pro apps on an iPad, I would stop carrying the M1 MacBook Air, MacBook mm -hmm. Pro. I could totally see you doing that. I would totally just live with an iPad. Yeah, I could totally see that, that happening. The moment they do that, 
that is when and and if they tell me only the ipad pro can do this then fine i would even be like yeah i need the 12.9 but then that would be my only product with the magic keyboard that's it i would carry whatever dongles i don't care <laughs> like listen i don't care i just for me it's the opportunity of having one product that can do everything and last all day and play movies better than most in h in real hdr like oh man that would be so cool but right now that does not exist and sadly unless apple surprises us and i doubt they will but unless they surprise us with m1 versions of these apps that can work on the ipad um there is a lot of untapped potential exactly it's all untapped potential and that's the reason why i'm so like on the fence about an 11 inch uh and then you just reminded me about the mini led screen which is a bummer but yeah it's just the only reason why you would get the the only reason to get the M1 11-inch is if you care about LiDAR, which I know Joshua Vergara does not. Mm -hmm. Yep. The LiDAR does not help you measure your coffee or tea or your kombucha any better. <laughs> Indeed. Um, okay, unless you care about Face ID, which honestly, I adore that Touch ID button on the iPad Air. Mm -hmm. um, and unless you care about ProMotion 120 hertz, which I can tell you right now, I have been living with the iPad Air since it launched last year. I replaced my 11-inch iPad Pro just to see, like, dude, I can't really tell a difference. And like, I, don't think, I can't tell a difference. I don't think any apps or titles, like if we're going to talk about gaming, I don't think they really support it anyway. So I you get it, where I'm going. Yeah. And then and then this, a, this iPad Air is an A14 Bionic, man. Mm -hmm. So it's going to run everything like the M1. The M1 is just a beefed-up version of the A14. Yeah, that's it what it is. It just has more RAM, but then you've got an operating system that can't use the damn RAM. Well, it's the ultimate tease, right? Apple always does this, where they show you where the potential is, but will they ever quite get there? Because uh, what's, what's harder? What's harder for developers to... to create their application to work on iPad OS, or for Apple to just let Mac OS live on an iPad? <laughs> I, you know, I understand why Mac OS doesn't live on an iPad. It's just unless Apple changes their paradigm of touch and the fact that you want to use your fingers and they just bite the bullet and you've got an apple pencil it's not like if you can't mm -hmm. the, the problem is there's a lot of baggage with these legacy operating systems they were not designed with the same mentality and so i there's only one reason why i would really like to have mac os on an ipad and it's the complete opposite to the reason why ipad os exists so the biggest problem with using any smartphone well with using an iphone particularly or with using uh, an iPad is the whole user interface centered around apps. And, you know, in the case of a Mac or the case of Windows, the file system is, yes, it is an app to a certain degree, but it's like, a, like it's this core functionality of the operating system where if I want to drag and drop a file from point A to point B, I don't need to like launch an app and share the file and then share it to that same, to the other app. I just drag it and drop it. Mm -hmm. And so that whole sandboxing approach to applications is the, the only reason why I would want Mac OS for the file system to work as if you're using a regular desktop. Yeah, I agree. And so I, I think, again, I don't want, I don't care about, I don't care about iPad OS. Like, sorry, I don't care about Mac OS. Don't give me Mac OS, but give me a better file system. Mm -hmm. Give me a way like right now, the, 
file system on on Mac, on iPad OS is terrible. Uh, just give me that, like that, and give me my damn pro apps, and we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. Hopefully, we'll be able to get something close to that. All right. So I don't think it's going to happen, Josh. <laughs> so I'm going to hold off. You know what? I, I will put a I'll put a pin on it. Then I will hold off on the 11. Definitely on the 11. Uh, but even then, iPads in general, I'm going to hold off on them and hope that potential actually gets uh, tapped at and, some and point. And you know, I love them. Like I am an iPad person. Yeah, you are. Like if there is one person that that they had to solve this problem for, it was for me. And I would have been like the number one person to be like, it's all you need. It's all you need. Mm-hmm. But right now, all you need is a MacBook Air. Yeah. Well, all I'm, you I'm, need. I can't believe I'm I saying talking. this, but I love the Pro 13. I'm, I'm oh, all you're, about you're it. Oh, you're using the Pro 13? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, okay. So like for, for the average consumer, anybody that's listening, go listen. Even if you're a top-notch creator, I use an M1. Okay. So guess what my next video is called? 16-inch wow. MacBook Pro after the buzz. Oh, okay. And I'm just going to tease you right here. Don't buy that thing. Dude, I spent $4,700 on that thing. I remember. And so the, the MacBook Pro went through this interesting transition where there was a time where Apple dictated, it does. I don't care how many specs you can get, this is how much we offer on our Mac and our operating system is well-tuned and everything. And so... Then two years ago, they went through the stage where it's like, you guys want 32 cores on that thing? Fine. <laughs> um, you know, in the case of the Mac Pro. Yeah. And so there came a period where there was a time when even if you wanted to max out a MacBook Pro, I think the most you could spend was like five, like like 4,000 bucks or something like that, even if you maxed it out. But then when they went through that period, if you got that 16-inch MacBook Pro maxed out with eight terabytes of storage, and the best GPU, the Damn. price was sixty uh, was sixty seven hundred bucks. So Fisher's sixteen inch MacBook Pro is sixty seven hundred dollars. Jeez, you know what? Yeah, you want to know what the the funny part is? I was like, dude, I don't need eight terabytes. I'll just get the two terabyte variant, and that drops the price to forty seven hundred, and yeah. that's that's all I'm getting. And then I use the other three hundred bucks for, I use the other three hundred bucks for um um Apple Care because that's like you need that for a Pro machine. Dude, I so remember I bought that thing in like September and then the M1 launches in November. <laughs> and then I I am in this horrible dilemma where if I'm editing a video and I need to like drag within the timeline on Final Cut, I have to pick between getting beach balls on a $4700 computer when getting no beach balls on a $1200 computer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am in a situation where if my computer for any reason goes on on uh, the um, the screensaver the fans will kick in on a $4700 computer no fans kick in on the M1 I still haven't heard this mm-hmm. like I think that thing's going to get stuck there or something <laughs> you have the choice where you can pick uh give oh if I do like any Google Meet it sounds like a PlayStation 4 about to take off <laughs> on the 16-inch MacBook Pro. Yeah. Or I can choose to grab the M1 and hear nothing for $1,200. Yeah, we're 40 and minutes s- into this podcast right now, and you're fine. <laughs> right. And by the way, I told you I was at 86% battery. Right now, I'm at 84. <laughs> My goodness. I'm Doing looking for you have been able audio. to get on a plane with that laptop. I can't Dude, wait. I have, I have traveled cross-country. <laughs> and I have been able to act. 
you can pick to bring the 16-inch MacBook Pro, which you cannot charge with an external battery pack, meaning you can. Like, it will support PD, but the moment you connect it, the PD connection, because it requires so much wattage just for mm -hmm. those fans, like, I'm shocked that I haven't been kicked off a plane just because of how noisy that thing is. Mm. And you can pick to try to edit 30 minutes of video before that computer just dies on you, or you can choose to finish the entire flight on the M1. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, it is like, I feel stupid. I feel stupid having spent so much money on a computer that I don't want to use anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to use anymore because the only way that the, that the 16 inch is better is in two things. Obviously screen real estate. That would be the third, ports. I, you know, wait, ports. And, uh, what would be the other one? Uh, shoot. I think that's it. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which is the other one now. Yeah. I don't remember. Like the only like the only thing you want is screen real estate and ports. Mm -hmm. That's it. But in absolutely everything else, there it is not a better computer in any way. Any way whatsoever. And so it's one of those things where it's like only Apple can keep like the old MacBook Air, the legacy MacBook Air for years being sold along with their much better designed computers. And it's the same thing. Only Apple is willing to annihilate its own 16-inch MacBook Pro by giving you laptops that are significantly cheaper and that can perform almost the same. Oh, the other reason. The other reason. If I need to export a video on Final Cut, it'll take two minutes more on the M1. Oh, really? Two minutes. So if I have to export a 12-minute project in 4K, with all the graphics BS you want, it will take the 16-inch MacBook Pro like six minutes to export it. It will take the M1 8. Oh. So for those two extra minutes during the export, where the 16-inch within those eight minutes will probably chew up like 20% of its battery, mm -hmm. while the M1 will do it and probably not chew up any percentage whatsoever, you will get the same video exported in two minutes and dude, we've already know we've already been noticing planned obsolescence. Let's go back to the topic of WWDC. Hmm. There are two things that are happening. There are already certain apps that are not going to work on the legacy Intel laptops. There are already a few that were announced. Like there are certain features from the camera that just won't work mm -hmm. um, if you have an Intel Mac. And then the second one that it's hard for me to explain, but ever since an update that that Final Cut received like about a couple of months ago. Anytime that I start a video with a transition on Final Cut, it'll pixelate the video. And it doesn't matter if I grab a 15-inch MacBook Pro because we've got one, or I grab a 16-inch. It doesn't matter what MacBook Pro I grab that's Intel. You will have some choppiness issues in video exports that you don't get with the M1. Oh, wow. Okay. So Apple is already... Like Apple is already phasing their Intel Macs out hard. Yeah. And I feel like they are. it's weird. Like there's this, there's this whole movement recently. I hear from my friends who are gamers and they're into like computer building and whatnot. The whole team blue and team red thing. Like the moment you hear the term Intel, a lot of people scoff immediately, which is, yeah. it's crazy how, how the mighty have yeah. fallen. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, what's what's interesting is, you know, when a company's vertically integrated, just how well they can do it. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, the M1s, the M1 chip is a marvel. Any M1 laptop is a marvel. But I'm the 
person that will tell you if you're interested in an iPad, buy the iPad Air. Okay. Like that's the best of all worlds. Mm -hmm. Like it's got, it's not as expensive as the pros, but it has enough elements of the pros to be all you need. You don't need anything else. Well, it's good that you give me that recommendation. I'm going to give it a, a good look. We have, so uh, yeah, unless you want LiDAR or Face ID or you don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine without those. Um, right. So I'll look into it more. Um, I, I will admit the M1 has this whole like pull when it comes to me because that's how good the experience on the Pro 13 has been. So how's your experience been using it? The Pro 13? Yeah. It is literally my go-to whenever I leave the house. Like it's yeah. literally just what I want to bring because I can, I don't have to worry about it. Even right. just plugging it in for a couple of hours before I even get out of the house, I know I'm going to be fine. Like I think I left for this this wedding this past weekend and I knew I was going to try to do some work over the weekend. I didn't, you know, it's hangovers and whatnot, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was on the laptop just playing music off of it. The speakers still are impressive to me. Battery life barely was dented. I got like 10, 10% loss over the whole course of the weekend. It was nuts. Yeah. And yeah. I, I've, I have no idea when travel will happen soon. Let's just say I, I, there might be a couple of things coming up soon. I can't wait to try and you know, work on a plane. Ideally, I'll be in a bigger seat than like, you know, back of the back of the plane. But um, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to do it. We do have one more story that I, I really want us to I, I watched your daily yesterday and you made a couple of really cool <laughs> points that I wanted to expound upon just a little bit. Which one specifically? Um, the fact that the relationship we all knew was happening is now a very official. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those it's weird like, things. Like it's with, like going to the Oppo factory and they're like, no, <laughs> oh, the OnePlus guys are like right there across the across the corner. <laughs> exactly. So it's, no, the OnePlus is it's in the other floor. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wasn't it weird though to actually have to get that official statement from Pete Lau in, in like a blog post that? Oh, now we're a part of Oppo. And everyone's like, really? <laughs> no, here's the thing. I think I I under listen, let's understand that OnePlus was a spin-off of the Find 7. Oh, absolutely. OnePlus was a was a spin-off of the Oppo Find 7, which I never I have I have a Find 7A, but I never had a OnePlus One. Mm. Um, but it was literally the same phone. And so listen, I let's look at Honor for Huawei. Honor they did the Honor, what was it, the Honor 8, the Honor 7? What was it, the, the one that had like the really nice glass back? It was the Honor 8. 8, yeah, it was the 8. And then they just spun it off like mm -hmm. it was Huawei Honor 8, and then they spun it off as its own brand. Listen, it, I, I think that it's a beautiful product strategy because, you know, certain brands, and th this is not new. Like, yeah. the thing is, we've seen this for years. We've just forgotten it because the king of that was HTC. HTC had, uh, um, they had QTech, they had iMate, um, and I'm and so it's like Buick and 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 uh, Buick and uh, Plymouth, where they're all Chrysler companies. Yeah, but they absorbed these companies at some point, and then they started just launching products. The same Dodge. I'm trying to remember, like, and you see it in Ford and Mercury. Like, uh, if you see the Ford, the I think it's the Ford Taurus is the same car as the Mercury Milan. It's the same exact car with a couple of minor differences. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for example, I was driving a couple of friends from New York who just came by here, and we went to get that soup. 
Um, and so, you know, they, they're like, oh, my God, we love your truck. And I'm like, OK, this is the Japanese version of the Chevy Colorado. It's the same truck, same truck. It's hmm. just it's manufactured in Japan by Isuzu. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Mazda has been doing it with Ford. A lot of people didn't know that the Ford Escape and that the, um, it's the Ford Escape, the Ford Focus and the Ford Fiesta are all made by Mazda. These are all Mazda vehicles. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Ford Ranger is a Mazda vehicle. It's the same, uh, uh, I forget which is the model. But yeah, these are all Mazda vehicles. I've known the other way around has happened before too. The Mazda 3 and 6, one of the generations yeah. was Ford made. Yeah, it no, was weird. it was the other way around. Was it the way around? I'm trying to remember. It was the other way around. I just remember yeah. uh, that was when I was like, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> and so, you know, and so the same thing happens. Like demographically, certain companies find success with one brand that can exemplify everywhere. Like yes. You've got Apple. They're mm-hmm. timeless. They're everywhere. You've got Samsung. They're timeless. They're everywhere. But then other companies, and I, and I totally understand in the case of Huawei, for example, Huawei started being known as a very cheap phone company. And it was really hard for Huawei to drive reputation. Like this is a company that did the whole co-branding with like a right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they started you know, developing popularity over like right now, people's top of mind of Huawei products is high quality. Mm-hmm. But people for like a lot of people don't forget that Huawei was not really a, a good quality product company before. Um, there was a, so, I actually uh, have an anecdote about that where there was a CES. This was obviously way before all the bands and all that stuff. But I remember uh, an Uber driver that was driving me and other Android Authority folks. We were talking with him about what phone he uses, and he had it like on his dash and all that. He's like, "Yeah, I have this cheapo Huawei piece of crap." <laughs> yeah. Thing. yeah, yeah, that was that was the reputation they had back then, for sure. That's, that's the reputation they had back then, and so it was totally understandable for Oppo, which was a company that was very like they drove drove a lot of popularity in in uh asia mm-hmm. like you know totally. we're talking southeast asia we're talking um china and a bit of europe very small bits of europe um and they you know you realize that the china like if you remember that color os was originally more like uh, ios mm-hmm. like it was like a ripoff of ios in 100%. every single way and nothing will piss off android users like key android users more than anything like the india market for example nothing will piss anybody off more than having a ripoff of ios and lack of authenticity and so i think that it was a good move for them to be like you know what we have an idea why don't we give this a marketing spinoff we turn this into its own product but we create this as a crazy marketing campaign and we just spin it off and they spinned off another company and I think that that's the smartest thing to do. Like right now, you look at what Chrysler did with Dodge. Like Dodge was like, sorry, the, the Ram. Uh, Ram became its own brand. Mm-hmm. Um, Ram became its own brand. And why do you do that? This is your most successful business unit, but it's being dragged by another one, which is the other companies that are struggling, which is Dodge and Plymouth. So why don't you spin Ram off and you let go of all the baggage of, of this, these other companies? And so it's the same thing with OnePlus. The, the last thing that you want to do is put all your eggs in one basket. And so it was like, okay, let's do Oppo, fine. And if you remember, Oppo wasn't even a smartphone company. They made DVDs. They did, yeah. That's how they started. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and if you remember, they still made DACs. Like it's, 
DAX and audio qual audio products for Oppo, they were amazing and expensive, like thousands of dollars. Which we would have loved to have checked out too, by the way. I'm I just know, <laughs> Oppo. I know, Summer. You know who you are. <laughs> I love I love their PR. Like I think that my first ever contact with a PR firm, not sorry, with PR people was Oppo in that Same. Singapore trip that we oh, met, that so we, you where had, we met. So you had the Singapore trip. I was before that yeah. when um for the one for the Oppo, actually, no, for the OnePlus One launch, um, the mm -hmm. same people who ran that launch were the people I originally met for the Oppo Find 5. Right. So it was the same exact team. So that's why I kept thinking to myself, like, we're the ones who know, obviously, insiders. We we see that, you know, the resources are kind right. of coming from the same place. But it right. was kind but of like the, um, the writing was on the wall this past year, though, when a version of the OnePlus, what was it, the OnePlus 7 or the OnePlus 8 would have color OS instead of oxygen. So it was like really, yeah. The one in China has Color OS. They don't. They don't have oxygen whatsoever. Interesting. Yeah, I remember when that story came out. They were like, "Why is that the case?" And we all knew it's because they're they're under. Well, a, but the here's the thing: company. you have to remember, like up to the One Plus Three, like I think they went really original with like the One Plus Three series. Mm -hmm. But then One Plus Five was uh, the Oppo Reno. No, not the Reno. It was the which is the other brand. Find. Um. No, so when we when we went to that launch in Singapore, they launched two phones. Oh, uh, the, N, the N series. No, the N series was the one with the clipping camera, the yeah. F series. So it was oh, like right. the yeah, yeah. yeah, and so it was that F series that it was a spinoff of that F series. Hmm. Um, and so it was that, and then oh no, the R. The, so it was the R series, the <laughs> R five. <laughs> so when we were in Singapore, that was the R five. But then if you look at like the R nine, that was the OnePlus five T. Oh, OnePlus yeah. five. Yeah. You're right. And then if you look like that R lineup was was usually the designs but then Oppo would use that R for like premium mid-range chips mm -hmm. and then and then OnePlus would use them for flagship devices. Um and so listen, it's a, it's a smart way to, you know, to get rid of your inventory quicker. Mm -hmm. It's it's the best way for you to negotiate a contracts better. Um and so I have to admire. I listen, I have to give props to both Pete I have to give props to um, Carl. I have to give props to Ryan Fenwick, uh, who's a buddy, close buddy of mine, who's their head of PR. I have to give props to Eric Zarshinas. Mm -hmm. Like their PR is was amazing, is yeah. amazing. Like the way they handle things, the way they handle relationships. I like for me, they're friends. They're not, you yeah. know, and so. It's 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 really hard for you to grab a OnePlus phone, and you know I've always told you I have a very I have a sweet spot for them, and I always have, and in part it's because of everything they stood they stand for, but it's also because of the relationships, and so you know to a certain degree that's why it was so difficult for me to review the Nine Pro or to review the Nine because I was like crap, like now I can't save this phone with the price. Now I can't be like, it doesn't have a great camera, but the price, you know, and, and this was the first time where they put it on par with an iPhone. What was I going to recommend? Mm, yeah. Like, and so it comes to the point where, and this is the beauty of what we do, like ethics in the end, we owe ourselves to the reader and to the viewer. And so it doesn't matter what good relationship I have with Samsung or with Apple or with Oppo or with OnePlus. If their product deserves it, I will say it. And if it doesn't, I just won't. It, there's just no way around it. If I have to compare your 9 Pro with an iPhone 12 Pro Max because they're priced almost the same, which one was going to win? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? 
you know and and so in the end you can give me all the 120 hertz and whatever but you know i'm, I'm drifting a little into product but the point being is i think that this is the merger that should have happened on day one well well let's um, let's continue on the product thing because the point that you made that I, I i raised my eyebrows watching it was why didn't they just lean into this become part of oppo use all the same resources what the hell was the point of the hasselblad thing then <laughs> because oppo is still they're killing it on the cameras oppo's big i have i have photos i took with the oppo r Seven, I think it was, or the R nine. I don't even know which one it is. Oh, so I think the the one we saw at the event was like the R three, and then we got the R five series. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting that R five. I have photos with the R five on Snapdragon six series ISPs that did a better job that OnePlus phones using the better ISP on the Snapdragon eight hundred series. Mm -hmm. For me. I have been a fan of two things from Oppo phones since day one. They did have their originality time. They kind of lost it for a bit, but then we got it back with the Find series, uh, you know, with the Find X, with the Find the uh, with the Find X, and then the Find X2 Pro. Like we got the originality back, and that was exactly what I was looking for. And guys, like I, if I have to grab right now the Oppo, and that's a comparison I should have just done: the Find X3 Pro versus OnePlus 9 Pro. And I would show you right there how a company with less sensors, lesser quality, like the primary sensor on the OnePlus 9 Pro is better than pretty much most phones right now. Mm -hmm. You have the same ultra-wide as the primary. The, the same ultra-wide that the, that the 9 Pro has is both the ultra-wide and the primary on the Oppo Find X3 Pro. Yep. They don't even have the same quality primary. And the 9 Pro will just smoke the, the, sorry, the Find X3 Pro will smoke the 9 Pro in low light. Agreed. Will smoke it in shutter. Like it, so I just, you know, I, I, I had moments with the 9 Pro where I would take photos and I would like, I, I'm not going to sit there and just go back and like, look at my photo. Like I want, there are certain things that I want to capture and I'm just moving along. And then when I would come back and look at my gallery, the photos were moved. They were like, sometimes it was just a flash of lights. And I was like, so you spent $150 million on this? Mm -hmm. And so that was me. I was like, why don't you just cross the street? Like, there's one block that's OnePlus, and then the rest of the building is Oppo. Why don't you just cross the street and, you know, tell the Oppo guys, here's $150 million. Help us fix this camera thing. Yeah. Isn't it weird, that. too, though? They, they have Hasselblad. I don't get it. Yeah, they have Hasselblad, who is supposed to be doing like hardware stuff in future OnePlus phones. But if OnePlus is a part of Oppo, wouldn't that technically mean Oppo is the one that got Hasselblad? But, but here's <laughs> the thing: like, there are four BBK brands that we know. We've got Vivo, which is partnered with Zeiss. Mm -hmm. We've got OnePlus, which is partnered with Hasselblad. We've got Oppo, that's got no partners and does a better job. Yep. And then we've got and then we've got Realme, who doesn't have any partners because obviously they're more of a of a of a mid to low tier you know so right now realme is what we knew as oneplus mm -hmm. like they created another spin-off with realme that stood for what oneplus was and they have right now like a quote-unquote flagship killer that people are talking oh, yeah. about yeah yeah the gt yeah um the 
What's funny, and I don't mean to pivot too hard, but you you mentioned Leica, the other piece of news I wanted to react to a little okay. bit. I haven't even looked into that. I need to look into it more. I hope we can get our hands on it. It looks like it's sort of coming out of Japan because it's a rebranded Sharp phone. Oh, as everything is. But it's the Leica, the Leica phone with the one-inch sensor. And I'm over here thinking we one-inch sensors should be happening. We should yeah. be having more of them, honestly. But we don't have to go too far into that. I just wanted to mention that. I yeah, but going back to OnePlus, I just I am happy for this. Mm-hmm. I feel that again, their PR is amazing. If you grab a nine pro and you remove the camera, it's an amazing phone. Yeah, it is. It's an amazing phone. And it's funny, like I love when I read in the comments and they're like, Yeah, but if you install the Google camera on that <laughs> OnePlus, says that. it's amazing. And I'm like, Exactly. Because the problem is not the quality of the product. It never has been. Mm-hmm. OnePlus has never built trash phones. They have never, they have never skimped out on quality. This is the reason why I'm like, listen, you really don't settle in anything. I get it. But you really need to get somebody else for your camera team. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real about this because it makes no common sense. It just, it does not that your team can get the rest of the software right, but then you've got a partner company. Like, why don't we just get the Oppo camera software? Like, just give me that. Give me the choice. Mm-hmm. Just give me the choice because they clearly have done a better job. And here's the thing. Oppo was used to doing it with mid-ranger chips. Like, Oppo, did, Oppo stopped doing Snapdragon 800 phones for a good period of time from the Find 7 to right, like the only company that used the 800 series was OnePlus. So it was, I, I, for me, it just didn't make sense. I'm like, how is it that you've got a better ISP? You've got a better Spectra on that 800 series when compared to the 600s that Oppo is using, and Oppo produces better photos. Mm-hmm. Comes right down to their processing, the way exactly. that they do it. And so, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, listen, I am happy. I am happy with this change. I feel that if anything, again, OnePlus, you guys know the amount of respect and love that I have for you guys. You guys should get paid by Hasselblad. Those guys have to come over and give you $150 million because nobody knows who Hasselblad was before you grab this partnership. Is that- no, no, <laughs> millennial, <laughs> no millennial knew who Hasselblad was before you guys strapped it onto a damn phone. Mm-hmm. So you know what? This They should pay you. You did them a favor right now. Mm. that's that's my perspective and i i I don't know i i am optimistic uh yeah i'm looking forward to what will come out of this for sure like i just write it off and get rid of those guys and i don't (laughs) care if it says hasselblad in the back of the damn phone i kind of still want to see what hasselblad is going to do hardware wise but i want to see oppo's like prowess added on top of all of that as well the problem is i think that we've reached the point where you know companies can try to provide all the software tuning to give you sort of like um to give you like sort of a quality of a real camera mm-hmm. but dude every single time i pull even my a7s3 or my gh5 and i go take a photo i'm like i can tell this is not a smartphone photo same yeah that's very true i can tell and so you know what we're not pro photographers so let's do a little less marketing stop getting me pro photographers on stage to tell me that they just switched to the you know, the whatever they switch to using a pixel. Yeah. That's BS. (laughs) 
that's BS. Oh, There's this, no need. Like I hate it when my I, life, and then the moment I, the ad oh, is done, they God, take their camera they, out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, like, yes, I get it. These professional photographers probably use your phone, and because you're a public traded company, you can't lie to me about the photos that you show me in the event. You can't pull a Nokia Lumia 920 with their steady shot video. <laughs> you remember that ad? I do. I do remember that. You remember that ad when the, the Verge just totally tore them apart? Yep. You know, I think that that moment was what made the Verge the Verge. Like the Verge just turned five years old right now. They mm -hmm. were celebrating. And I'm like, you, you deserve your success because nobody took apart that video better than you. <laughs> and you totally destroyed Nokia. Like whatever whatever microsoft and 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 oh my god no wait this is another topic we have to talk about wait, wait, what's up windows 11 okay. monterey i uh, i was gonna you heard, wait you, you, because i you know heard, you heard how i called it right monterey windows 11 monterey <laughs> it is the other one I, I was gonna i was gonna hold off because isn't it officially going to be announced pretty soon so i was gonna wait until that oh we can blabber about it all you want later i just <laughs> oh my god like i had a blast talking about it yeah i saw they, you they having threw fun all that. the originality out the well, window i just love your dance your song and dance of just like i i know it sounds like i'm bashing on it i do like it but come on guys <laughs> <laughs> It was so funny watching that daily. It's just, dude, I come on, like Microsoft, what happened to my damn live tiles? Yeah. You literally, you bet the entire company on this live tile user interface, and it, it was useful. Mm -hmm. Even Apple is doing sort of live tiles with their own widgets right now. Now you're going to tell me that you're going to take a step back and you're going to follow on Apple's design? Like, seriously? When have you seen rounded corners on Windows? It. I've been... Ladies and gentlemen, I've been using Microsoft Windows since version 3.1, mm. earlier than a lot of you. Mm -hmm. Notice, three point, I'm not even saying Windows 95. Yeah. There have never been rounded corners. Does it look cool? I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying how unoriginal. <laughs> like, come on. You guys are the cool, kings. Come on, guys. You guys were the kings of, like, you didn't have to make it look like the the Mac OS dock. Like seriously, that was the, that was the one that I scoffed at. Was when I saw the the dock was in the middle, and you still have a Windows you key can, for some damn reason, but it's in the middle. I'm like, ah, I don't know. All we need that. now is like the it, listen. I'm, and here's the thing: I'm not saying that I like the Mac OS user interface. Mm. Like I don't. Like I still find that, for example, the way you can snap. Like it took me a while on Mac OS to figure out how to like arrange my icons in the desktop in with the folders first and stuff. It mm -hmm. took me a while because on Mac OS it's alphabetical. Mm -hmm. um, I want my folders at the top and then I want my files later. I learned that from Windows. Like I, if you look at the way I have my Mac set up, it looks a lot like the Windows mentality. I'm kind of worried about what's going to happen later. <laughs> but then like other things that piss me off about Mac OS is this like whole. Um, like that settings bar you get at the top. And so sometimes you're like dealing with like a small window, like WhatsApp on like a corner, but then you have to drag the mouse all the way to the top of the Apple logo. And then those are the settings up there mm -hmm. instead of being in the window. Like that to me makes no logical sense at times. Well, be, that very part always made me view Mac OS as like, it's almost as if I'm in a virtualized space because it's yeah. like one huge window. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, I honestly, I've never liked the dock. Mm -hmm. Like I, I prefer, I prefer the taskbar from Windows, mm -hmm. where it's just one bar that gives me everything. Yeah, 
that that sounded like me getting a drink. It's one bar that gives me everything. <laughs> I just use Spotlight on the Pro 13. I barely use the dock personally. I never use Spotlight. It just um was it um is it option space to easily yeah, get yeah. to yeah, yeah, something, yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. I just what I just use. But yeah, um okay, before we go too far, um we are past our hour mark. Uh, I do want to say as we uh You'll wind- survive. Everybody <laughs> will survive. Everyone will. You, you know that this topic had to be talked about. Come on. I I, I admit uh, I'm looking forward to the actual announcement though and to actually like put into official words like how i'm react how i'm feeling about it uh because yeah you a lot of your stuff i was just that, that I, I don't think i've laughed at a daily <laughs> as much as that one it was that one no, in the open news <laughs> listen i just it contradicts a lot of things like Sachin nadella said that that windows 10 was like windows 10 was a service now it wasn't an operating system mm-hmm. and so technically it wouldn't get any updates but then we get mac os uh, which was the previous one, the one that the one that we have right now, Big Sur. Uh, it's Big Sur, mm-hmm. and that's officially when it became. Was it? No, it was when we. It was Mac OS Mavericks. That was like the first time that Mac OS took the jump from OS 10 to version 11. And so I'm like, what do we need now? I was, back then, I was like, all we need now is a freaking Windows 11. Just wait for it, and then we get it. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> God, like. Uh, whatever like i don't th- i just i don't understand microsoft is the incumbent they are uh, they are they provide the most popular operating system in the world why do they have to follow they are not they should not follow they're not followers well, there was a thought i had when when we were looking at rounded corners and whatnot if you look at the windows logo as the surface line of products started to become popular didn't it kind of it looked like it was moving in this direction, kind of, though. True. Um, for me, listen, the only thing I need in Windows is two things. A better a, a better Windows movie maker that will be that will give me an option over... Yeah, I have to try DaVinci Resolve. Fine, I will. Um, but the other thing that I need is... Uh, which is one... what what? So why do I like Macs? I, it's Final Cut Pro and Helvetica. It's the fonts. Like I, I use Helvetica a lot, and mm. for me now that I need glasses to read, damn it, it's easier to read Helvetica than Calibri or any other uh, any other serif that you get on Windows. That's it. Like honestly, I don't like the typeface that you get on Windows, and then you're full of 1080p laptops that only make the typeface look worse. Mm, yeah, you got to scale up after that. You, exactly, I have to scale up, and so it just. Because the font is so thin, it's it's just it's bad. Like that said, like I loved my damn live tiles. Mm-hmm. I love using Excel on Windows. Like for me, that's the best user interface ever. Um, I feel that it's better thought out than the whole dock here on the Mac, where I you know it gets in the way of the bottom of the window and it serves no purpose. And I know that I can hide it, but the moment I pop it up, it just it I, I just don't think it's thought out well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you also pointed out that a lot of like the guts, even in Windows 11, are still like Windows 95 stuff. <laughs> oh my God! I was like, uh, so this guy um, from uh, what's the name? Uh, Windows Central. Shoot, Dan. Sorry, I apologize, buddy. I did not forget the name of your website. Sorry about that. I'm just I'm I'm going all over the place right now, and I barely just had coffee right now, and it's 6:39 p.m. Uh, sorry, but Windows Central did a great video that exposed two things. The first one is when they started playing all the sounds, and I'm like, wait, isn't this menu from Windows 98? 
And then they showed the control pattern. I'm like that. I'm like, you know, it's that like that meme of LeBron with like the hands stretching out <laughs> exactly. and, the, and like pointing. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, are you serious? Like, I'm like that control panels from Windows Vista. It's just putting, in, uh, it's putting makeup on a pin. Listen, the, <laughs> the control panel has existed since Windows 95. Exactly. I, yeah. Um, but it was very different on 95. And then on Vista, it got like a dramatic overhaul yeah I got it's like still convoluted and, in the worst but sure. i'm like like i don't get it you have a settings menu and you have a control panel why mm -hmm. like i don't understand you make the jump in windows me where you kill dos and dos you can use it as a terminal if you want but you don't really need dos whereas if you were to use windows 95 it was like a mask over dos just like windows 3.1 mm -hmm. and so you do the whole killing of dos fine uh, but why by the way, yeah, I know all my DOS commands by heart still. Um, <laughs> started using it since version, since version 4.2, so more respect to your elders. But the point being is, I'm like... CD. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the other ones were that I would that I would use once in a while. CD, Winder, uh, Dur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Sorry, a lot of people didn't know like a trip to hide files. A trip minus H minus R would hide or make it write protected. Oh, really? You didn't know that stuff. I didn't know that one. No, I didn't know that You one. didn't know that stuff. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to respect your elders. Oh. Uh, but yeah, like, um, I the moment that I saw that control panel, I was like, what year is this? Like, how? why can't you guys just merge everything into the freaking settings menu? Why do you give, why do you have to give me two different settings for how to control the battery uh, you know, how you control the battery supply on your laptop. Like, why do you have to give me two? One in the control panel, one in settings. Like, how is that logical? Mm -hmm. Like, that's bad weed. That's really bad weed you guys are smoking there. <laughs> would, it, would it be just, it's, it's the back end that they just can't let go of. But why? Like, if they could get rid of DOS, which was like, come on you're telling you really me you really miss can't. dos don't you uh, it's not that i miss it it's just i remember when they killed it and they made it more like an optional terminal and i you know nobody missed it windows was so much better than dos true that's true windows was so much better than dos like you had to look for the freaking execution before you can launch an app mm -hmm. they got to memorize what was the file that will launch the app on dos so you're telling me that you figure out a way to like give me this full revamp, but you can't get rid of the legacy way of doing things that yeah. will only confuse people. It's weird. See, yeah. this is the reason why I have to praise Apple. Their approach to be like, it's everything or nothing. Mm -hmm. It's everything or nothing. Everything. Like, yeah, you still got you still have a couple of like there was a period where you still had like the old Rosetta apps that would look, you know, like the previous um PowerPC apps. Um, but like, I have to give it to Apple. Like they'll, they'll support legacy apps for a bit, but then they kill them. Like, so I don't understand what is the, and you know what the worst part is? The worst part is when you're using like a 4k monitor on these windows computers and you open the control panel, it looks all jaggy. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. This thing is not even designed. This thing is not even designed to be supported by the quality of monitors that we have now. <laughs> and you cannot kill this thing. Like, can't you just grab all those elements? Because literally, those icons in the control panel are just—they're just shortcuts to launch something. Can you just put the damn things in the settings menu? Yeah. Like, how difficult can that be? Apparently, very <laughs> difficult. If we're on Windows 11 at this point. <laughs>
My God, like yeah. Windows Vista. You really need people to remember that fiasco. <laughs> I still remember the code name, Longhorn. Longhorn, that's right. And they made this whole damn shebang. Oh, Longhorn's going to be amazing. And then Steve Jobs comes on stage when he's launching Tiger. And he's like, which Tiger like solved a lot of the things that, uh, was it Tiger? Yeah, I think it was Tiger. Or, or was it Leopard? I don't know which one it I was. I feel like Leopard but he's, later. It, it, yeah, but he was launching it, and he's like, days to launch of Longhorn. <laughs> <laughs> and so he created a widget on the side menu, and he put the widgets on, because widgets was like a major deal in Longhorn. Yeah. And and that version of OS ten was already doing widgets. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like, time, and so he's like, we're going to create a widget right now to count the days towards Longhorn. And it, and it read a full year. <laughs> and so this, this is the Microsoft that I don't understand and that Satya Nadella has fixed so well, where it's a company that doesn't just stand out and gloat, that they actually launch products on time. Where back in the Balmer days, it's not no respect to Steve Balmer, but you know they come and they show you Windows Phone 7 and then they, they, they announce it in like January and they'll have it ready until December. Mm -hmm. I'm like, seriously? Yeah, indeed. Seriously? Like that. That was this. Like this reminds me of the Balmer days. Like we don't need that. When is uh? When is the event? By the way, don't we know already when the Microsoft event's coming up? Isn't it next? The end of next week, I think. Yeah, I think it is. But yeah, we're gonna look forward to that. I I can't wait to actually like see where all this goes and be able to talk about it on next week's show. That being said, though, I do have to. I do. I do have to be uh, concise. Not concise. I have to stay on schedule. But I am gonna wrap up on this show. <laughs> I'm going to say in the last couple of minutes, like, uh, I know you're you're completely somewhere else, but had you been here, tomorrow would be awesome to have you over. I'm making tacos for people for my birthday. So, you like. Just, you decide to make tacos when I'm not there. How dare you? <laughs> How I didn't dare know you? when you'd be back. That was the thing. <laughs> um, but spiritually, oh, like the invite always on the table for you. We will be eating in your honor, wishing you were here. Even my parents how, were saying, "How like, does when's, that when's, even work? How time? dare you? That that does not work. You're gonna be eating my honor. That's a slap in my face. How dare you? <laughs> I'm gonna make sure to make some the moment you get here. Um, Fine, but yeah, even even my parents were like, "It'll be it'll be nice to have Jaime the next time because now we're able to. So hopefully, yeah. pretty soon it will be the case. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and also, but also the other thing too. Uh, before I forget, a happy Father's Day to you. That's this Sunday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I forgot. All right. Well, he forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Go ask Diego if he forgot. Um, Jesus. He's about to turn 21, so I'm not happy about that. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, hopefully, you guys have a great weekend. Um, great to have you back on the show, brother. Um, and yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, get into the outro now, uh, starting right now. Thanks, everybody. The links for Jaime and myself are found in the show notes. After that, you can head over to pocketnow.com for all of the latest headlines. And then you can see PocketNow across social media platforms at PocketNow on Instagram and Twitter. From there, you can head over to youtube.com slash PocketNow for video content that's coming out pretty much every single day. With all that said, though, we're going to call it on this episode of the PocketNow Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with myself and Jaime on this episode, and we will see you in the next one.